Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Give the Lord some praise, amen. Hallelujah. We... The nursery is open, amen, and so if you want to take your little one back there, you can. I think it's up to four kids back there, so you might, if you want to go back there, you can do that. If not, you can take care of your babies right there, too, amen, that's okay. Sometimes they give a shout at the right time, too, amen, so praise God, amen. Praise the Lord, amen, so uh, we always want to minister today, amen. Uh, for some here today, some uh, some fathers today may have not been the best best example uh, what a father is, amen, and, but for some of those fathers, they did the best that they can for what they had, amen, and so for others, maybe dad was missing or not there at all, so who never knew what the a role of a father was in the house, and for others, amen, uh, dad was there but, but not there, and others had a pretty good relationship with their dads, amen. And uh, like I said before, and for those that have passed on, we remember, amen. But when we come to know God the Father, we are introduced to a, a good, good Father. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. You know, you know, some of us, you know, we can look at our fathers and we can think, you know, uh, they weren't the best, you know, but they're dad. Hallelujah. And for dad, some of them, that they did the best that they can do. In raising us, amen, uh, I had a dad that was a hard-working father, amen, a father that wasn't there throwing the football around with me, amen, but it was a father that taught me with his life how to work hard, amen, and so there's, there are different fathers, so in our fathers that we have today, there's something that is good from that, that you can grab from it, no matter what, amen, because if you can't grab that you were born, come on, that, that's one thing, amen, hallelujah, so God has brought us, God uses fathers, God uses mothers, amen. But when we, like I said, get introduced to the God, the Father, then we are introduced to a good, good Father, amen. We get to know the love of a Father through God the Father, amen. So I want to minister a message entitled, A Father's Love. A Father's Love, amen. And this love will help us as fathers to love our children better and to show a father's love. How I many know that our children need that today? You know, not just from the role of a mom, but dad is very important in the role of a father in the house, amen. And sometimes there's mothers that, that don't have the father figure in the house, amen. And so the role is carry on, but that's just still a mother role. And there's an absence of what a father really is, amen. And so some of us maybe didn't grow up that way. You know, there's, there's always the single parent that grows up in our world today, amen, but there is a need for a father's love, amen. There's a need for a father's love. A father's love will always encourage. Natural fathers can either enable or cripple, listen, the personality and the character of a child. A loving father will encourage, provide, support, impart, pray, speak, 
and speak words of life over their children. In Proverbs chapter 22, 6, it says this, direct your children into the right paths. And one translation says to train them up. Amen. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Unfortunately, there has been some bad fathers out there. Fathers that have abused, embarrassed, and spoken death over their children's lives. So we need help from the love of a father, our heavenly father. Also help from spiritual fathers that God puts around your life as well. Amen. They can be the father of of a pastor figure or a family member or or a good brother or a leader, etc. Amen. Someone that comes in to put that role of a father in your life. The father relationship in the Lord is a powerful, listen, a powerful key to helping your children find and fulfill their potential in Christ. So let's look at the love of a father in the word today. Amen. I want you to turn the book of Luke chapter 11. I mean, chapter 15, starting at verse 11 through 24. Amen. We're going to see the love of a father today. We'll have it up on the screen here, but I'm going to go ahead and read that out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About that time, uh, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded the local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him out to the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still A long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf that's been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor the party is about to start. (laughs) Come on. We see a few things here of this father's life. In verse 11, we see that he has two sons, and that's probably all he had because it doesn't mention any others, and these boys are now older as well. In verse 17, we see that the father is 
pretty well off because he devises wealth with his sons. And he has hired help and he pays them well. The youngest son mentions that they had more than enough to eat. So he had cattle, he had, he had fields, amen. And the father took care of his employees. So this family here that we're reading about, that we see here in our text, not only has beans and rice in Jesus Christ, but also has gotten asada too, amen, hallelujah. A little further in verse 29, amen, it, it goes on to say that how he raised these boys. The older boy has been serving him all his life and never, listen, never disobeyed dad. He shows that the father provided leadership in this house, amen. He was the one leading his boys. He was the one in charge. He did not compromise, amen. He ran a good household. These boys, listen, were taught very well. In our text, it doesn't mention a mom or a wife, amen, but we see that dad is very involved in his son's lives. And notice the great job that dad did with his boys. We see that the younger one is the first one to strike out. Come on, it's always those young ones, huh? Hallelujah. Come on, they're always doing something that the older boys never did, amen. Come on, or never got away with, Amen. But something is something about younger ones, amen. This one comes up to dad and he says, it's it, that's it. I'm out of here, give him my share of the estate, dad. See, at this point, we can see the good qualities in this father. There's an openness with his sons, amen. They can approach dad with anything. Try that with dads today. You want what? A share of what? Come on, that's all mine. Hallelujah. I earned this. A share. Get out of here. <laughs> Come on. But dad, you got to understand today, dad, there must be an openness with our kids. We must. Say, I must, if you're a dad. Say, I must. We have to be approachable. Come on. Your kids should be able to comfort to you for anything. Come on. This is, this is what we got to do. And this is what this dad did with his boys. The second thing I notice is that dad is mature and secure. Say that with me, mature and secure. Hallelujah. You can see this in this dad here, amen. He figures it's time. And so he divides his estate between the two boys. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says that the youngest one gets one third and the older one gets two thirds. Now, even though it was a younger one that wanted his share, instead of keeping the two-thirds to himself, he gives the older son his share as well at that same time. This is a sign of maturity, guys. There is no greed in this father. He is the, he's, a, he's a real fair dad that was taught very well. So these are signs, listen, guys, of good communication. Come on. There are five, somebody say five, five levels of communication. The first level of communication is the one-liners. This is all, all what all dads go through in communication, amen. This is, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? It's just small talks, amen. It's have a nice day later, amen. These are the one-liners, amen. The second level of communication is facts and figures. This is where Im information 
is exchange, amen. Uh, who won the game last night, son, amen. Uh, it's about finances. It's about what do you want to buy? What should I buy for the house, dad? It's about the oil changes, amen, in the car, hallelujah. How do I change the oil? How do I check the oil, dad? Uh, it's about budgets and finances inside the house. And the third level is opinions and judgments. This is where we react to something, conviction comes in, amen. This is where we say, I don't, I don't, I don't like that, amen, or I like that, amen. This is where you can voice your opinion of what we think. Then you got the fourth level, which is feelings. Somebody say feelings. <laughs> Come on. This is where we take off our mask. Amen. This is where we show, uh, share our true feelings. Amen. This is where you voice things that, that need to be known. This is where place where, where tears are often shown. Amen. Uh, encouragement is given. Uh, come on. This is where you say, you, you can get through this, son. Come on. You can make it, Miha. Don't worry, Miha. Everything's going to be all right. And then this is the fifth level. This level is not reached by many. It's a level of showing the maximum truth and love. It's deep. Somebody say, this is deep right here. This is deep. This is where there's room for confession and forgiveness. Even secrets are told in this level where truth is respected even if it hurts. Ephesians chapter 4, 15 says this, Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. The Amplified Classic says it like this, Rather let your lives lovely express truth in all things, speaking truly, dearly truly, Living truly, enforce it or and enfold it in love. Let every uh, let let it grow to every way and all things unto Him. And I believe that this family that we're reading about right here in Luke, I, I believe that this family here, the fathers and sons here in this story, operated in all levels of communication, all five levels, but they really lived in the levels of four and five. Truly expressing the Father's love and earning a right, listen, to be called dad. Let's look at the younger son, the one that left. You know, here he is, he starts thinking how life had become. What he had before and now what he has. And, and how the world ripped him off. In John 10.10 10, it says, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroyed, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's what the world does to you and I, church. It takes. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, it takes from us. Amen. We think the world's going to offer this, but it gives it and then it takes it away. But Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Come on, Jesus offers us life and life more abundantly. Come on. We can smile today because of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. We, we couldn't smile before, amen. It was always a frown or, or always mad on something. But then Jesus comes into our life, amen. And we understand this good, good Father, amen, that wants to give us some good, good things. Hallelujah. And he, and he blesses our life. He turns our life upside down, amen. Uh, he, puts a, he puts a smile where a frown used to be, amen. And he says, you know what, son? Everything's going to be okay. Uh, I'm going to put everything back back in your life, amen. Come on, has he done that for you today, amen? This is the sign of a good, good father. Hallelujah. I need some water. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. I can drink water. Thank you. 
Jesus comes and gives life. But before we get into this son here, and we can probably all relate to that younger son. Can somebody say amen? Where's dad through all this? Come on, you, you ever picture dad? Did you ever read this story and say, what, where, where's dad through all this? Is he out there looking for him? Is he asking his friends, hey, have you seen my son? Have you seen my boy? Is he telling the whole church about it? No. Was he questioning himself? Did I raise my son right? No. Did he think, did I do something wrong? No. Did he tell his son, listen, boy, when you leave, don't even think about coming back? No. Does this dad become real bitter in this story towards his son? Not even. <laughs> he knows without a shadow of a doubt that he raised his son well. He knows his sons, and his sons know him, and they, listen, they know the love of a father. But here's a picture of a father who waits patiently. A father that waits for God to do what he can't do. Change his son. He calmly waits upon the Lord, knowing that he will give him the strength through it. The father becomes still in the presence and finds peace in God, trusting him to bring his boy home. Now, let's go back to that son that left. El mocoso. We'll call him the mocoso. Hallelujah. Any mocosos in the house? Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I'm one of those mocos mocosos. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I mean, let's look at this son. He, he finds himself, we read the story, he finds himself in a mess. Come on. He's at the lowest of the low. Come on. Anybody been there before? Come on. I don't know about you, but I was rock bottom before God. I found God. Amen. Come on. Sometimes it takes that. But here he is. He's at the lowest of the low, and he's even thinking about eating what the pigs were eating. That's pretty low. And then when he starts thinking that, something clicks. Somebody say click. Something clicks inside of him. Look at what it says in, in, uh, as we go back in Luke 15, 17, and 18. It says, he came to his senses and said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. The Bible says that he came to his senses, meaning that he was not in his right mind when he left home. The light bulb turned on. The seeds that were planted, listen, by dad started to grow. Come on, somebody. And God brought the increase, amen, and the spirit man stood up inside of him, and he thought, what am I doing in a pig pen? What am I doing in this mess? What am I doing here when my daddy has so much over there? Man, I, look what I have now, what I had before. I lost everything. What am I doing? Something comes to his senses. Something clicks in his mind, and everything that daddy taught him started to grow. Come on. It's like my boys, amen. When we were young, amen, they're like, Daddy's 
Daddy's wacko. Hallelujah. He don't know what he's talking about. And now they get older, they go, oh, he was, he was pretty smart. <laughs> right? We, 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 we don't, something clicks. Guys, don't stop, don't stop telling your, your kids. Don't, start, don't, don't, don't stop teaching them, amen. Something will click inside of them. Something will happen. This is what happened to this boy, amen. Here he is in this pig pen. Here he is in something that comes to his mind. He comes to his senses. And he says, what am I doing here? But notice what he says in that pig pen. I will set out and I will go back to my father. Somebody say, my father. Come on. Notice that he doesn't say my room. Notice he doesn't say the house. He was missing who? Dad. He was missing the father. I'm going to go back to my father, amen. And then you, you look at this story, and he knows, how to, he knows about sin. He knows how to apologize. He knows how to repent. Where did he learn all that from? From daddy, from the father. And even though dad was waiting on him, and moms and dads, come on, you got to understand, you got to wait, and you're going to have to trust God for your children. Come on, I have one son out there, amen, but you know what? I love him, and I'm trusting God to bring my son home, my Nick, my son, my Nick, back home, amen. He's going to come home, hallelujah. Why? I have peace because my dad will bring him home. And you got to learn to trust. You don't have to learn to wait on God. But I believe that each day that, uh, that passed by, this father will go out to say, is today my boy coming home? I believe that every day after prayer, he looked out and said, could this be the day? If they had cell phones back then, I believe that he would call just to see, hey, son, how you doing? But one day, somebody say one day, after prayer, this father went out as usually as he did every day, every day that he was gone, amen. But this day was different. He saw his boy coming over the hills. And I mean, what an awesome day, man. What a great scene it would have been if they would have put a movie on this, amen. He sees his son from a distance. He knows that's his son because he knows his son, amen. You can imagine the smile on daddy's face, amen, thinking to himself, he's a little skinnier, but that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. See, the father waited on God. God gave him the strength through it, and the son came to his senses, and God changed his heart. God changed his heart. Fathers, everything that you give your sons and your daughters, let me tell you, it will change their hearts. Come on, if you're a godly man in this house, raise up your children in godly ways. Teach them, amen. They'll come to their senses. My boy's coming home. Come on, Nick is coming home. My, my other kids are here. My grandkids will be there. My son will be there. And my future grandson will be here. Hallelujah. You hear that, Brandon? Get busy. <laughs> no more five-year plan. I mean, no, God changes all plans. Hallelujah. It's, a, it's up to him what he says. Hallelujah. But here, amen, he understand this father waited on God. He, he trusted in God, amen. God gave him the strength to get through it. He said, don't worry. Don't, don't worry what you hear about, uh, about what's going on, what they're doing out there. Don't even pay attention to that. Uh, come on, he's just going through a season, amen. But I'm working on your boy. I'm working on your girl. I'm working on them, and just trust me. Uh, and they'll come to their senses, uh, and I, and only I can change their heart. 
Luke 15. 15. <laughs> Man, I need water. Hallelujah. Luke 15, 20 says, So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. And he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Even though dad doesn't know the whole story, why his son is coming back. His son can simply be coming back and say, you know what, dad, I, I ran out of money. I need some more money. Come on. The son starts his speech, the one that he practiced in that pig pen. He starts to say what he planned to say to dad. But do you think dad heard him? No. Right away he says, bring out, bring my son a robe. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Put the garden asada on the grill, amen. It's time to celebrate, amen. Come on, the boy couldn't even finish his speech, but the father was too busy loving on his boy. Here's a father, listen, who modeled what Christianity is all about. Here in our text, he, we see that now he not just modeled it in the church, he modeled it in his home. This is the place that we ought to model Christ in our homes. Come on. It's easy to come ch to church, amen, and, and put on church things and, and church smiles, hallelujah, and say the right things. Uh, praise the Lord, amen. But we have to do that in our homes. Come on. Instead of a sermon, God, the dad shows compassion. Instead of I told you so, Let's have a party. Come on. What does this tell you about this father here? He knew, listen, without a doubt, that one day my son will be home. My son will be home. Come on. He tells his servants, come on, get my son ready. Take him a bath. Hallelujah. It's time to celebrate. That's what a father does. The great father, the heavenly father that you and I have, that's what he does to you and I. Come on, God, God doesn't answer. His answer is not a, you know what, I told you so, but he starts loving on us. And there's a straight celebration that, that happens at the altar when we give our lives or we come back home to the Father. In Luke chapter 15, 7, it says this, I tell you that, I, I, I say to you likewise that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Come on, there was a celebration going on, not only in the physical, but in the heavenly over this boy that comes home. Come on, this is how we need to celebrate when we see one of our own come home, amen. When we see a brother or sister that, that we have not seen in the church for a while and they get right, amen, instead of saying stuff or talking about them, no, look at them, they're getting saved. They're coming home. It doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter what they said, amen. They're home. Let's celebrate. We're waiting for some of you out there to come home. Come on, tell them, come home. We want to celebrate. Amen. I'm waiting. I got God in the waiting in the freezer for you. Hallelujah. And don't backslide if you can have God in the okay? 
I know your minds. Hallelujah. Oh, if I come back and I come back, they'll celebrate me. No. Come on. We should be excited. Listen, when someone gets saved. Come on. But sometimes we see the person comes up and some of us, maybe not in this church, maybe not here. Oh, there they are again. They're going to backslide again. There they are again. Oh, why, why is she up there again? Why is he up there again? I know what they did yesterday. <laughs> and I know what they're doing tomorrow. Come on, we got to celebrate, church. We have to celebrate. This father says, my son was lost, but now he's found. Hallelujah. Come on, he was dead, but now he's alive. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, there's another story. We don't talk about the other son. We don't talk about the son that's been faithful. Come on, we just stop at that story of the one that comes home and celebrates. But there's one that's been there for a while. The one that has obeyed dad since, since he's been born. And the one that has never left. There's another story to this. Let's pick up the story there in Luke chapter 15. Go down to verse 25. Through 32. It says this. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. And when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Your brother's back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry. And he wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I have slaved for you and never once refused a single thing that you've told me to do. And in all this time, you have never given me one young goat or a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours comes back after squandering his money on prostitutes. You're celebrating by killing the fatted calf. And his father told him and looked at him and says, Look, dear son, you've always stayed with me by my side. Everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and now he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. We have a, an older brother who's been living by the rules. The one that's been following his father's commands comes on the scene, and, and he hears the music, and he hears the people laughing, amen, and he's wondering, uh, what, what's going on here, amen? And dad comes out with the biggest smile. He, he haven't stopped smiling. Did you hear? Hear what? Your brother's back home. But notice the older brother doesn't ask, how is he? How does he look? Is he a mess? I want to see him. Where is he? No, instead... He goes, I'm not going in. He tells dad, I've done everything that you've asked me to do, dad. Not once have you ever thrown me a party. And then this son of yours, notice he doesn't even say my brother. He says, this son of yours loses all his money, sleeps with prostitutes, and you throw him a party? No, I'm not going in. It's not fair. 
Not fair. I've been here. I've been here since the beginning, Pastor. And this dude just walks in and, oh, big party for him, not me. What about me? Where's my gift card? <laughs> I like in and out. <laughs> but look at Dad. Let's look at Dad a bit here. Notice he doesn't get mad. He doesn't rebuke him. Dad, listen, reassures him. In verse 31, he goes, he lets him know that he's special and well appreciated. He tells him, everything I have, everything I have, son, belongs to you. This whole, this whole place is yours. It's yours. Could have been a big argument. But dad, but dad turns it around and shows love to his son. This dad helps the older son to focus where his brother was at and where he is now. He was lost. He rebelled. I, I know that, son. I know he did wrong. I'm not saying he didn't do anything wrong. But he wanted to come home. He wanted to work for me. He's repentant. Your brother's home now. This brother of yours was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. Son, don't you think that is a good reason for us to celebrate? This right here, this right here shows the love of the Father. As our kids get older, they're going to need this thing called grace. Somebody say grace. We're going to need that. Because our Heavenly Father showed that grace to you and I. And we need to pass that on. Somebody say pass it on. Because someone else is going to need the grace that you receive. You need to give. Freely you have received. Freely what? Give. And we're going to have to give this grace to our children because they're going to say things, do things. Come on. Right now they're all cute little, oh, yeah, but later on, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to, they drive us nuts sometimes. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Moms, I know moms just say, hey, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. We, they're going to need this thing called grace. And we need to do that. We need to exercise it. We need to show that to our sons because they're going to mess up. They're going to do things. It says train them up in the way they should go, the things they should do when they, when they get older or when they come to their senses. They won't, they'll come back to it. They won't be driven away from it. Let me tell you, it's through the, the prayers of my mom and the, her things of showing those things stuck to me. When I came to my senses, I, I came back to the Father. Your kids, fathers, when you impress those on your kids, amen, talk about uh, the Bible in Deuteronomy says to impress the things of God upon them. Uh, talk about stories. Uh, when they go to sleep, uh, say a good uh, uh, bedtime story, amen. Uh, come on, just don't send them to their room, amen. Go spend some time, especially when they're little like that. Like that. <laughs> I need a little baby. I need a little baby. I want a baby. I want to hold a baby. 
I know there's some over there, but I want, I want one to say, Papos. <laughs> I don't care whatever they want to say to me. Especially that age right there, fathers, those are vital ages right there. Moses grew and knew all the stuff that he knew when he grew up to be a man because of those times when mom spent with him when they were little. Impart into them. Speak into them. They hear you. Edgar, speak to that belly. Your son's hearing you. They already know the daddy's voice. They already know those things right from the belly. Speak life. Speak blessing over them. Come on, somebody. This is the love of a father. Come on. They're going to need those hard words that dads don't like to say sometimes. I, I love you, son. <laughs> right? Some, some dads, it's just hard for them to say that to their kids. But you're going to have to say, I love you. And you got to say it in the times where they need to hear, when they messed up. Not like I told you. No, I love you. I want the best for you. Those are the things that they need to hear. Even when they're at your height or taller. Brandon, I love you. I don't care. I'll tell you. I'll say it, I'll say it in front of everybody. I'm saying it right now in front of Facebook. I love you, son. Come here. Come here. Like this. Right here. That would be a sight right now. Hallelujah. Come on, even when they say, don't, don't, don't say that in front of my friends, Dad. Oh, I'll, I'll say that. They know that. They know that. Even my grandkids know that. Don't kiss me. I'll kiss you in front of anybody. Amen. Don't, 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 don't tell me that. Amen. Listen, your kids are going to need your guidance, your direction, and they're going to need a father's love. And right now, for some of us fathers, amen, you can look back and say, man, I haven't been a good father. It doesn't matter what the past is. You start today to be that good dad. It's not how you start it. It's how you finish. And I'm going to finish to be the greatest father I can be. Am I the perfect dad? No. I'm far, far from perfect. I thought my kids would say amen, but they didn't. <laughs> It had to be my daughter. Amen. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not the perfect dad. I don't think we'll, we'll ever be perfect in that role, but we should strive to be perfect or be the best that we can. This father, then, this story is a resemblance of a father loved to us, to the sons and daughters that are wandered off, that he embraces us as we come back. This is a father I hear that doesn't hold judgment. This is a father that forgives. This is a father that, that taught well and, 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 and believed even when, they, when this younger one wanted to take off and do his own thing, as many of us have done that. I mean, if it doesn't resemble some of us, it has to resemble most, most all of us, right? That we're the ones that wandered off, and, man, and, and the father embraced us as we came back home. And so it's a story of a father's love that we have to model. You know, the 
Bible says we got to be more and more like Jesus, right? Come on, that's our, that's, that's our perfect role model here on earth. This is what was, was sent. The Father was sent in the form of a man through Jesus Christ that we can model, that we can see how he loved and how he forgave and all this stuff, amen. It showed us the, the love of the Father that's in heaven waiting for us. And then shows us the love of a, of a Father through the Holy Spirit. That even now, when we don't understand or know what to do as a dad, the Holy Spirit is there to help us through. And then he surrounds us with spiritual fathers. Dads that can be there to, in human form that will help us and guide us and teach us. This father here is a father that we need to strive to be. What a great dad. What a great story that we see here of a father's love for his sons. A fair dad, a good dad, a hardworking dad, a dad that provided and always prayed and, and did what he needed to do for his boys. As I close today, as we model what we do in this house, let it be done in our homes, dads. Speaking to fathers today. And as we trust God, we have to trust Him. We have to trust Him that God can change your kids. You can't. You're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to impart and train. But, but from there is the process, not only of becoming dad, as it says, dadification there, but also trusting in dad, our heavenly dad, in our kids. And know that I've done the best that I can. And do the best that you can, church. Guys, do the best as you can in parting into your kids. And then wait patiently on the Lord. And then show them this tough thing that we call grace to them. And say those words that we don't say often, I love you. I love you. You know, as I get a privilege of being a father to my, my, my kids, and now even a grandfather, which is even a, a that's even a, something even greater. It's just, it's just a different feeling about grandfather. But. You know, I, I, I got to realize, you know, I got to impart into my, my grandchildren as well. And, and we had a, I had my grandson with me on Thursday. Goldman. It was just me and him. I think that's the way God wanted it to be. So instead of just saying, okay, Jaden, no one showed up. Let's just go, go have a burger or something, you know. He was hoping I'd say that. But <laughs> God says to minister to him. So I start talking to him about salvation. And I start asking him some questions. I said, are you saved, Jay? He goes, yeah. Well, yeah? How do you know you're saved? Well, um, come to church. So church saves you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, just because you come to church doesn't mean you're saved. Okay, well, got him thinking. Well, I got baptized. I said, okay, that's good. But in reality, baptism doesn't save you. So how do you know you're saved? 
He turns around and how oh, you know you're saved. <laughs> and I said, boy, I'm talking to you. I, I know I'm saved. And I'll let you know why I'm saved. But I'm, I'm trying to pick your brain. How do you know you're saved? So God sets it up for me to explain the whole thing of salvation to him. The Roman salvation, the confession, and all the things in the relationship. Not the religion, not coming to church, all this stuff, the relationship with God. And gave me an opportunity to share that to him. And he's looking at me and he's listening to me. And I said, Jay, you want to get saved right now? He goes, yeah. Because they say the sinner's prayer. So I led my grandson to the sinner's prayer and he got saved. For real, for real. Though he knows things, he grew up in church, I had to ask him a question, how do you know you're safe? And so everything I taught him, I had him repeat, how do you know you're safe? Well, because of this and grace, and we're saved by grace and all this stuff. I'm teaching them all that. And I said, now you got it. Now let's do the prayer because now the prayer is going to mean something to you. So you want to say the prayer, and he says it. It was a great time and a great moment for a grandfather and grandson relationship time. And those are the times and moments that we've got to have with our kids. Don't, don't, they don't know. I would not want to be a teenager these days. I thought I, we had a rough growing up, man. Today's world and everything that's going on in this world. Let me tell you, don't go, don't, don't see the movie, that Toy Story movie, amen. I heard some bad things there. Moms, I know maybe some of you guys are excited, but there's some things that the enemy's doing in that film that's trying to bleed into our kids' minds, so don't let them see that. Light year, whatever it's called, buzz light year. Is a, there's a scene there that you don't want your kids to see, and they're trying to filter that in. They're making a stand of, on homosexuality and all this sexuality stuff, amen. They're bleeding it into our, our movies where our kids watch it, and the enemy's working hard right now. So ladies, moms, dads, you've got to be more smarter than what the world is, amen. You've got to be smarter as people of God because there's things that are happening that are filtering, there are stands that are being made right now.